0: Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number, drum roll please, 400, I'm welcoming back to the show, Candice Cameron Bure.
1: But the older that I get, it's becoming more and more important because I think we do get wiser and we we start to, to narrow what we find most valuable and purposeful and I don't want to lose time in sharing Jesus with people.
0: Whether you watched Full House in real time in the 90s and you've got the theme song memorized or you've gone back and rewatched with your kids. Maybe you all are fans of the new Fuller House series. We're all fans of the character DJ Tanner, played by actress Candace Cameron Beret. She has become an icon of faith in the entertainment industry. And for us moms, even just this model of entrepreneur, as she started her own line of clothing through QVC products through Day She even has a podcast, the Candace Cameron Beret Podcast, which we'll talk about. Later in the show. In this episode, she and I are answering your questions, including a question that a listener left to my phone number. I have a phone number for y'all. You too could leave a question that may be in a future episode. I'll give you that number at the end of the show. Stick around because we also have a really fun announcement. It is the 400th episode, right? So don't miss that. Uh, I can't wait to share Candace with you. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Candace, welcome back to the Dope Mama Alone podcast. Thanks, Heather.
1: I'm so happy to be here with you again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a few things have happened in four years, but man, we got to hang out recently in McKinney, and Mm -hmm. I think it went really well. Like, what did you think? It's your event, it's your live event. What did you think? I thought it was
1: fantastic too. I mean, the most important thing for me was that the audience had a great time. And we had so much good feedback. I think they did. And we answered all those listener questions. You were a great moderator. And I think we put out some truth yeah. and we had fun. We yeah. read God's
0: word. Yeah. I thought it was a great night. Yeah. I thought it like when I was imagining it, I thought it would just be just fun, but really someone would walk away. They could have met Jesus as their savior mm-hmm. because you preached the gospel so well Thank you. They were given really clear tips on how to live the Christian life. I thought, and you were part of that too. And I loved Bruce's reflection to you was he appreciated the genuineness of your faith, that there's just Mm. this purity and this genuineness. And so one of our listeners asked, were you always a Christian? Which is interesting, you know, There's at some point we all become a Christian. So you couldn't have always been a Christian. But tell us your testimony. What did it look like? And when did you start following Jesus?
1: So I was not introduced to God until I was 12. Didn't grow up in a Christian home, but my parents were very moral people. And they were Christian by default in the sense that they acted that way, but wouldn't really call it. Christianity. Although my my mom was always a believer, but it wasn't until 12 that I went to church for the very first time. And that's because my parents thought that they were going to get a divorce. And so oh. a friend had asked, uh, suggested some counseling through the church that could help them. And so as a family, we then went to, uh, an evening church service and we were all kind of freaking out as kids because we knew my dad didn't want anything to do with church But my dad really wanted to work on the marriage, you know, their marriage with my mom. He didn't want to lose my mom. So this was like this whole eye-opening experience to go to church for the first time at 12, having never talked about God in our home, never opened up a Bible, never heard Bible stories. So I was not a kid that just like grew up knowing all of this. (laughs) Um, I remember being in, like, they put me in the youth group because I was 12, and they asked a couple of questions and they were like, well, Candace, tell it, tell us about that. And I had a deer in headlights look because I'm like, um, I've never even, I've not read a Bible. I don't know Daniel and the lines. I don't know what that story is. Can you yeah. please tell me? Like, I, I was so insecure because they kept looking at me to answer questions. I'm like, I'm hearing this for the first time, guys. Don't know who Jesus is yet. Uh, I'm or here to learn, not to teach. <laughs> But that started my faith journey. And at 12 years old, later that year, I did accept Christ and said, I wanted God to be the Lord and Savior of my life. So I know I became a Christian at 12, but truly, I did not start walking with God hand in hand and have a relationship with him until I was about 24 years old. And that all changed for me. One of the biggest reasons was having children. Yeah, Because I all of a sudden was faced with, oh my goodness, I have kids. Uh, what are we going to teach them about God? Honey, do you want to talk about God? to them? Like Val and I never talked about God. So it just started like this series of questions in my mind. And I got to the point where I was like, I really need to know what the Bible says and what God says, because I don't want to steer my children wrong. But how can I even teach them about God if I don't know him myself? Mm -hmm. And I've always put God in a box like, oh, sure, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. But it really ended at that. I didn't go to church. I never read my Bible. And so around 24 years old, I started that journey. And I'm like, God, I need to know who you are for me Mm -hmm. to know if I even believe this or not. And then I'll make a decision on what we're going to teach our children. But God already had a hold of my heart. It was already there. And then once I started reading, it was like the veil was lifted from my eyes. And I was like, oh, Lord, I see you. I feel your presence. I'm understanding who you are and how amazing and powerful and loving and all the things about God and just prayed that he would never, ever let the desire of me learning and walking in a relationship with him end, and Mm -hmm. it hasn't, (laughs) it's only grown. The the flame has been just fanned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fire fueled. I think that encourages a mom who's listening and feeling that like she's having kids now and she's like, Oh my goodness, trying to stay one step ahead of their learning, you know, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to learn together. Mm -hmm. Right it's almost totally cool. Like you can be as curious as they are instead of this, like, I know it all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And even reading
1: Bible stories when I didn't even know a lot of the, Oh, Jonah and the whale and Noah's Ark and Daniel in the lion's den. It was like, let me go get the books. We're going to read them to my kids (laughs) and they're three and four and five years old. And I'm, I'm going to just learn right along with them. Yeah. They don't yeah. know. I didn't have to act like the expert. It was just
0: like, oh, this is a story that God shares with us. So let's read it together. Yeah. It's kind of brilliant. Well, and it's like there's these layers of depth. So now you're in this place of you're reading every word of the Bible, not just the pulled yeah. out stories that we decide to put yeah. in the children's Bible. And you're I have a son who's in a theology class at a Catholic school and he's hearing stories he says for the first time that are actually in. Our Old Testament. They're not in another additional books mm-hmm. in the Catholic Bible, mm-hmm. but he is learning things still because there's these layers upon layers, yeah. the more you yeah. read. And you're finding that to be true, right? With the Bible recap.
1: Oh, absolutely. The Bible recap has been amazing. I'm on my second year around reading the Bible in, in a year. And that has been such a wonderful addition to my Bible study and my journey just to to read through to gather those layers and understanding. And then Terry Lee Cobble does such a great um job of explaining the, the context and what was going on at the time or little details that we wouldn't know had we not gone to another resource to find out what was happening in the day or what that actually meant. Um, you know, you, that, that's the great thing about the Bible is that you're always constantly learning about it because you can read it word for word and you can understand it, but it's still, some of it is at a surface layer because we don't know all the other things. And that's what Tara Lee helps us with.
0: As moms, as parents, our top priority really is our children's well being. We want to give them everything we can so that they can grow and to thrive now and in the future. With term life insurance from Fabric by Gerber Life, we can help protect our families so that their future is secure no matter what happens. What I really love is that Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. They have such great pricing, which means that you could have significant savings over other providers. Policies that are like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Oftentimes life insurance has a bad rap for being complicated, but fabric makes it easy to apply. It's online. It's on your time. They give you support. It really takes less than 10 minutes to apply. See your quote and then personalize your quote to fit your family's needs. You could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. Fabric has partnered with Gerber Life, trusted by millions of families like yours for over 50 years. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Get your personalized quote in seconds at meetfabric.com DMA. That's meetfabric.com DMA M-E-E-T fabric.com slash DMA policies issued by Western Southern life assurance company, not available in certain States prices, subject to underwriting and health questions. And the timing. So at 24, you're a state home mom. How many kids at that time? Like one or two, three, three, all three okay. by 24. Oh, sis. Okay. No. Oh, sorry. 25.
1: So I was pregnant. I had max right at 25.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you are home with them. You're growing your faith and then you go back into the entertainment industry and mm-hmm. you continue to be challenged in holding this faith while navigating this more public career. And it's interesting yeah. to me that it was in these what I would sometimes people call the hidden years of young motherhood, like mothering young kids, mm-hmm. that God was prepping your heart and kind of building mm-hmm. in these faith muscles before you were challenged. So what do you yeah. find is the most challenging part of holding on to this faith while navigating your career right now? Oh. Well, just to, to back that up,
1: you know, it was 10 years at home that I didn't work with my kids before I went back into the business. And truly, I know I would not be the person I am today in the industry and in my world and in business, had I not taken that time because those 10 years, I mean, God laid the foundation of my faith Mm. and I really invested my time. That's what those Those 10 years were about my kids because I didn't work. I was a stay-at-home mom. They were about my kids and about growing with God. Yeah. That, you know, kids went down for a nap. I opened up my Bible. That was my priority. And I'm grateful for it. I'm actually so grateful that we didn't have cell phones that had Instagram or anything like that when my kids were younger. So there was no temptation in that way. I wasn't, I didn't have all these other things that I, thought I had to keep up with. So that was my time investment when my kids were napping or when they were in school, I spent time in the word. So then going back into the industry, it's been really wonderful. And it's been a challenge. I feel like I came back into the industry with a very different perspective, because I, I have always felt like the industry has kind of been my I don't even want to say
0: battleground, but like my place to share with people. Yeah. Your assignment. That's been your my God-given assignment. space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I love that. And all of the things that I've done in the last, you know, 15 years, 20 years, I don't know that I would have accomplished them had my faith not been at the forefront of who I am. Meaning when i co-hosted the view like i got that job because i was an outspoken person about my faith hmm. so that was actually embraced i was grateful for that i did dancing with the stars and you know i kind of talked about modesty through that show yeah. yeah and even that gave me that was embraced to an extent that then gave me other jobs so i was very grateful in that i could stay true to who I am. And God was still opening doors, Yeah, which is tricky. It doesn't happen for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. But the older that I, the older I get now, my, my faith, I've, I've always done a, a, a fairly good job of balancing my life of faith along with the entertainment industry and always being in, in the family friendly space and family entertainment. That's what yeah. I've I've always been about. And not necessarily the faith space in yeah. the industry. But the older that I get, it's becoming more and more important. Because I think we do get wiser and we, we start to, to narrow what we find most valuable and purposeful. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to lose time in sharing Jesus with people. So I've become more and more outspoken as I've gotten older about God. And that has transferred and translated into my industry even more in the projects that I'm choosing to do and bringing more faith content to the front, not just family entertainment, which both of them are incredibly important.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have been invited into rooms where faith is not even a conversation and you're able Mm -hmm. to show up and love people well. How do you Mm -hmm. stay positive even when, and this was a listener question, even when negative things are being said about you, because that like, whether you are a quote unquote person of fame or not, you could be (laughs) on the sidelines of the soccer field and someone saying something negative about you and it is hard to stay positive. So how do we do that? Yeah, it hurts. It yeah. hurts, man.
1: <laughs> it's real. It hurts a lot. You're not like, immune you. to
0: it. Like I think sometimes no. they're like, "Oh, Candace, she's just so happy and kind, and this yeah. doesn't even bother her." It bothers you at some point. Of course, it does. Yeah, and human. I have my
1: boohoo moments. Yeah, a lot of them. I just don't do them publicly. Yeah, once in a while I'll do it publicly, <laughs> but it it's hard no matter what when yeah. when someone discredits you when they make you feel bad when they judge your character, whatever it is. And that might be coming from a family member or it might be coming from an outsider. And it doesn't, neither one hurts more or less. They all just hurt. So I don't know that I have a magic formula to staying positive. I'm still learning and trying to gather those tools. So I'm asking a lot of questions to people that I respect and that have been through situations and circumstances that I know You know, they could maybe give me some advice. So I think overall, though, I take it to God first. It's what I have to do. I've really trained myself to do it because my initial reaction is to take it to a friend first or take it to my husband first. And I probably do take it to my husband first, but I've really learned that I have to take this to God first and give it to him and pray about it and ask him to help me do the work on my heart how I actually do the work on my heart might look different from situation to situation, but I need to at least ask him to help me work on that. So, you know, we, we kind of have shared a love of therapy yeah, in some previous conversations. Yeah. And I, I've been kind of new to therapy and I'm finding it really wonderful. So if things are very difficult and not something that I can just take a deep breath about and kind of get over in a week or two. I'm all about doing the work. Yeah. And sometimes that work really sucks, (laughs) (laughs) but it's necessary and it's helpful and it's going to help me handle it in a way that it'll just help give me the tools so that
0: I can handle it um, and not feel defeated or become depressed over it. Yeah. And I think that you have been trained not to be reactive. There's a lot of people that are just reactive. Yeah. You, that's not probably when i Yeah, not the react. It's just like mm-hmm. eventually dealing with it is probably, it's like all like down in here. And it's like, I've got to deal with this eventually. It's going to come out sideways. Yeah.
1: It's so true. I've learned because of the business that I'm in, I'm not a reactive person. Don't think that I don't have all the thoughts because I <laughs> totally have the thought. You're still human. Yes. Yes, I have all the thoughts, but God's given me a lot of patience and I know how to just not react over things. Um, and you know, rise up, but I have a pit in my stomach like nobody else. I mean, I'm sure somebody else. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure people have the same pit, but I feel like the pit in my stomach is excruciating. Like I don't know how I don't have ulcers because mm. that's where it sits. And God. then I need to learn how to deal with it. Cause I just walk around when I'm in that state or, or if someone's hurt me in that way, it just internalizes. And I'm like, okay, I can't have this, this icky juju stuff <laughs> sitting, sitting in here. I got to get yeah. it out,
0: get it out, get it out. It's gonna, it's gonna show up somewhere. Like you said, it's going to show up in ulcers or something. Yeah. Um. We want to yeah. take care of ourselves. <laughs> You've heard Candace and I talking about our faith and how that guides everything and being in God's word. And who doesn't love a free Bible study? Well, our friends at Women of Welcome, a community I adore, have created a beautiful free Bible study. They are dedicated to diving into the whole of scripture to understand God's heart, specifically for immigrants and refugees. They believe God calls us to a deep Love for the vulnerable, the marginalized, and the forgotten. So together with Women of Welcome, we're on a journey to understand biblical hospitality in an authentic way. The welcome of Christ was astonishing to the culture around him. He gave voice to the speechless, frustrated the powerful, and humbled the wise. As Christians, our welcome should be like his, wonderfully surprising, deeply challenging and firmly rooted in love so download women of welcome's free five-week study that explores the complicated and beautiful welcome of Jesus toward his most beloved creation human beings let's transform how we show welcome through the Bible study Christ like welcome get your free download today by going to womenofwelcome.com forward slash dMA that's women of welcome dot forward slash DMA for your free Bible study. Thrive Market is my go-to for specific grocery and household essentials that I don't want to have to make one more stop to another grocery. It actually ends up saving me money because, you know, if you go to that other store, you're going to see. It's like if you give a mouse a cookie. If I go to that other store, I'm going to find more things that I don't actually need, but I put in the cart. So it's not only a huge time saver because I order online and it shows up on my door. It does save me money, not to mention that as a Thrive Market member, there's a huge discount on each thing I buy. Their brand specifically, the Thrive Market brand, so I bought their bone broth recently, it was 56% off. Their almond butter, again, 56% off. And other major brands, they're giving me a discount. So much savings, deals that change every day, cash back, They even have a price match guarantee. So if you find it cheaper somewhere else, they will match that. Like I said, it saves me time. I love these filters on their website. If you want to search for a gluten-free snack or a non-toxic cleaning essential, you look for whatever specific thing your family needs and you're going to find it on Thrive Market. Also, when you join Thrive Market, you're helping another family in need. It's a great don't mom alone move. Because they have a one-for-one membership matching program. When you join, they give. So join Thrive Market today. Get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com DMA for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com DMA thrivemarket.com D-M-A. In this season, you stayed home for 10 years and I have a book coming out right where you belong. I'm talking about occupying your God-given spaces. And you have, like you said, been invited to so many cool and exciting spaces. And even outside of entertainment, entrepreneurship, you've got your own line of clothes and that's taking up a lot of time and energy. Mm -hmm. How do you discern your yeses and your no's when all these options come up? Yeah,
1: it's a great question. And I've learned along the way that the word no is one of my most powerful tools that I have. Mm. And I've been really intentional with the things that I want to do because I am an entrepreneur. I love doing things. I love being busy um, and not busy for busy sake, but passionate about the things that I do. They all mean something to me. And there's a lot of things that are meaningful to me. Yeah. And I want to do all the things. Yeah, But I've learned that um it's very easy to say no when I'm not passionate about something. Because that always comes from my spirit. Like if I don't truly believe it, use it, want it, desire it, if it's just... Doing something for the sake of doing something or a good opportunity or could be beneficial in some way, but I'm not passionate about it, that's a very easy no for me. Mm. Because if I don't believe it, then the people who watch me or buy from my clothing brand or whatever all the other things that I do, (laughs) read my devotionals, if I don't believe what I'm doing, they're not going to believe it either. So it's become very easy to say no to that. I also have a really great team. You know, I think there's a lot of people that don't realize what my company, um, how much we do, and how many businesses I actually have, because I don't really talk about them in one sitting. But, you know, I'm sitting in my office right now. And I have multiple, I have many people that work for my company. And I have a big team around me. So I'm trying not to sound like, (laughs) like uh, I, I, my point is that I don't want anyone to think that I'm just a lady sitting at my home or, or at my desk doing all this stuff by myself. Yeah. Like I'm not, I have an actual company. I have several employees and it's a business. So they also help me stay on track, but also help decide what things I'm going to say no to in business as well. Although ultimately it's, it's my decision, but they can even help weed out things for me that don't even get to my desk. Yeah. Because I've got a team that knows what the target is or what the goal is, or, um, the things that are inspirational to me. And I've, I'm very thought out in that way. And I think planning is one of the greatest tools people can have as well when it comes to business is to be thought out and planned out. So if it's not really on the list and it just becomes an opportunity, I'm like, that's just easy to say no.
0: It just becomes an opportunity that Mm -hmm. so often, right? Like this idea that I have to say yes, because it's an opportunity. It's like, where did that come from? And, and this idea, one of the listeners asked, how does Candace fit it all, in all the things? She seems to do it all. And exactly what you're saying. There are things probably on another mom's list or another woman's list that are not on my list. My husband does I, all our laundry. I know your husband cooks. Like, yep. there are things that I am not doing that you yep. th- that you're taking your thing you do, you're adding it to my list that I'm not doing. And so that's yep. it's with your so team, true. you have people who are doing things for you that you're not yeah. doing, which is yeah, allowing you to do other things. And you don't have young children at home. Right? That's the other thing. And I taught, I tell moms this
1: all the time. Cause when they start asking me mom questions, I'm like, hold up, <laughs> hold how up, old are wait your a kids? minute. Yeah. How old are your kids? Because that's the number one question. Cause that just determines the level of what you can and can't do in my mind, or what the expectation is. Cause I'm like, if you have little ones at home, just stop.
0: Why do you think of it? You don't have to do all those things. I'm like, just, sh- just shepherd your kids. Just yeah. be. And if you have a career mom. outside the home, like that's plenty, you don't have to start. a that, That's plenty. You don't have to lead a Bible study. You don't have to do <laughs> yeah, exactly. all these
1: things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or even working out. Cause that's a, well, I can't. And I'm just like, go to the park with your kids. Go for a walk, go take a stroll, go ride bikes. Like that's your exercise if your kids are young. I'm like, if they're in school full time and then you have, you know, that opens up a window. Okay, you want to start working out? You want to go to the gym? Great. Add that into an hour of your day. But like when they're little, little, you know, it's just everything is different.
0: Yeah, of a woman too, of like yeah, what she's going to prioritize for her life. Exactly, It may be fitness over home. It may be creativity over organization, like Mm
1: -hmm. just
0: because, and I think what we see for you is you have clearly defined what matters to you and you are doing those Mm -hmm. things and you're showing us those things. And that's fantastic. So we can then decide, okay, what matters to me and what do I want to put my energy into? We can't do all the Candace things and all the Heather things.
1: Can't do all, no, all the things. No. And that's what I said. I have a lot of people that help me in terms of business at my company. And then Val and I have really prioritized what's most important to us at home. And again, remember, I have three adult children, 21 and over. So this is just a game changer. I have one child that still lives at home, but you know, he's even a full-grown adult. So he's cute. Much less responsibility at home. And you know, like you said, like Val loves to cook. So I come home from the office and Val has dinner for me. Like it's six o'clock and we sit down and eat dinner. And that dinner time is really important to us, but he also loves to cook. So that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, George, my plant is incredibly (laughs) important to me. And so I make time for George.
0: I made sure to trim where my cats had eaten my plant behind me here just because I knew I was going to see you. And I was like, my plants got to look good because I've got to impress Candace because I'm not a plant person. Um, Okay, before we have to go, I do have this really cool audio clip from Alyssa with a question. So let's listen to that real quick.
1: Hi, Heather and Candace. My husband and I um, recently had our fourth daughter. um, And I've been having all the feelings thinking that she's our last. I feel Super sad thinking about never giving birth again,
0: and super sad thinking about yeah the newborn stage being over forever, and have a lot of mixed feelings of should she be our last? Has God given me a desire for one more baby, or not? Is she our last? And so I'm just curious on
1: yeah this question is for both of you. How did you discern um, when your last child was your last? Um, how did you talk about that with your spouse and Bring that before the lord in prayer and how did you feel after your last did you did you still feel super sad um and have those feelings or was it more of you just knew you were done um thanks so much for your help oh okay i feel like this answer is like a this is a real podcast worthy answer this is a hard one for us. So we had three children. I've never shared this publicly, but I'm going to share it with you. Okay. And your love listeners. That. It's an exclusive. It is. It's an exclusive. And Val had always wanted like, you know, six kids. And I was oh. like, we'll have two, you know, that kind of thing. Well, once we started having kids and we had three, I was like, I am so in. I love this. Let's have four. And Val was like, I think we're good. Oh, I think three's the number. Uh Like I think we're good right now. And so I kept praying and praying and just wasn't settled on it. Mm. And so I'm like, I think I really think we four four is the number. Mm. And so Val agreed and we got pregnant. Okay. But I miscarried. Okay. And that was really hard. Mm. And After that, we talked about it and just felt like God was like, this is, we're, we're done. Like, this is, Mm -hmm. this is your family. I've given you your family. Mm -hmm. And as much as I didn't love that answer, I don't think that I could have even tried for another one because as any woman who's miscarried knows, no matter how far into the pregnancy or early into the pregnancy, it is difficult. And painful, so, so that was really our settling answer, Mm -hmm.
0: and I didn't
1: really love that answer, but I felt it was from God, and so it's like okay, so yeah, I did take it to God. We prayed about it, and Val and I talked about it. So three
0: was our number. I think that's. Thank you for sharing that because you're welcome. I think this question, there is this element to, and I I almost said a caveat that. This is a privilege to have the choice, right? Not every mom has the choice. And Mm -hmm. even in your story, though, I think it reveals like your heart's desire may be a fourth child. And then Mm -hmm. it's just not what your family was to be. My heart's desire Mm -hmm. was to adopt a fourth child, actually, and that we didn't Mm -hmm. align on that. Even extended family didn't feel like that was a great choice for us. And so Mm. I had to talk to God about that. And Um, And then I was really struggled with the fact that the fourth was a boy, to be honest. And I've talked Mm -hmm. about that publicly. Like it felt like a neverland of, I'll never have bows or tights or girly things. And so then you get the question, well, you are going to go for a fifth? Like as if, again, we have this choice. And as if we have this choice that the fifth will mean I'll have a different gendered child. And so I think, yeah, it is this blend of, you have to know what's right for your family. You have to align with your spouse and recognize that ultimately God decides. And if he wants to, mm-hmm. I was that surprise child. Remember, like my mom had an That's right. She yes. had two and she had a 16 year old, 11 year old, and then she got to have me. Blessing. Um, <laughs> so miracles can happen. So we, we just have to really trust God in that. And then recognize too, I think sometimes when you're in that season of having kids, you don't really realize that that season ends. Like this isn't mm-hmm. a forever thing. Like the baby making season has a window. And yep. although in the Bible, we read about Sarah having kids in her old age, Yeah. modern day, there is a window. Yeah. And so if you really, really feel that pull and your spouse is aligned, then I say, go for it. And because you, absolutely. You know, that's a whole person. Maximus, yep, <laughs> I call him Maximus. Yep. Maximus—that's <laughs> that, a whole person. So yep. we're thankful for our kids and yeah. how God has given us to steward them. And honestly, I think I think even
1: because I had a desire to have more, and that just wasn't in the cards for us, or we decided that God, you know, closed that door for us. It's made me all the more excited to one day be a grandparent.
0: You're so close. I can't
1: wait until I am a
0: grandparent. You're, is that help that I'm like, you're so old, Candace. You're so close. (laughs) (laughs) What is your, what's your grandma? We talked about this. What's your grandma name? No. So I don't have it. I mean, listen, I
1: picked one out and it was candy Graham and everyone (laughs) thinks that's so ridiculous, which, okay, I get it. And my kids have rolled their eyes at it and they're like, it's way too long. And it's just silly. So it's probably just going to be grandma because that's what my kids call my mom. It's either grandma or babushka because babushka is the Russian name, but I'm like, I don't want to be babushka. So I would rather be grandma. And my kids are like, we're we're picking the name for you. You don't get to choose your (laughs) grandma's name. I'm like, once again, outed in the family. I'm outed in the family. I just have all this stuff that I'm doing, but no, my kids just rule the roost.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm so thankful you came back on the podcast and me too. We get to have more conversations because know. you are so kind. You have made this decision to start your own podcast and even cooler, you're doing something that no one else is doing. I haven't seen anyone do this. Yeah. Every season you have one co-host. Talk to us about that real quickly before you have to go like that decision, that decision to even have a podcast yeah. and all of that.
1: Yeah. So. Podcasts are great. I've really enjoyed them over the years and had thought about a podcast and it just didn't seem feasible for me because of the time commitment and having a guest every week, all the things. So again, had to say no to the podcast. Yeah. Because it just, yeah, it wasn't good. And then we thought of a way to do the podcast that wouldn't be as big of a time commitment in terms of a whole season. And I thought this was an even more brilliant idea. I love the idea of having one co-host for an entire season and deep dive on one specific topic. There's so many times when I'm listening to podcasts and I'm like, oh, I'm so interested in this, but like, it's only one episode. I don't want it to end. There's so much more. So I thought, let's take these big topics. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about finding your purpose. Let's talk about parenting faith, uh, or fitness, you know, all these things, marriage, all kinds of topics, but let's do an entire season with one guest host, who is kind of like the expert or the guide, and can share all of that. And in the meantime, we're still going back and forth and just sharing our experiences with it. So I was so happy that you said yes to my season two, on my
0: podcast. It was fantastic. First of all, y'all, I've been to this office she's talking about. She has a fantastic team of people. I was not expecting to just fall in love with all the people I met. Just really from, I mean, there wasn't a single person that I wasn't delighted to talk to. And so those episodes will be coming out the end of March, mm-hmm. um, one a week for like three yes. months. That's amazing. Yeah. And we're going to be talking through my book, Right Where You Belong. And every episode will cover another topic on finding your purpose and like figuring out your assignments and where is your God-given space. And so I'm thrilled. Thank you for inviting me. I mean, Candace, you are a gift to all of us. Thank you for sharing your story today and the exclusive, just tender parts of your story. So honored to call you friend. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Heather. I always
0: love talking to you and I can't wait for more. Okay. Are we pumped? Are we so excited? I am thrilled that God has brought this opportunity to join Candace on her show. Uh, I got to go out to LA and record every episode, 12 episodes that will be launching on her podcast. Check them out end of March. It's such a gift because I'll be talking through the content of my next book, Right Where You Belong. You can order wherever books are sold. Uh, if you go to Baker Bookhouse, you'll get it. off. Also, if you want to leave me a message, I know you listen to me all the time, but I'd love to hear your voice. And if you have a specific question, I may even ask one of my guests to answer it for you. Just go call me at 972 246 8699. That's 972 246 8699. I even got a text message this week from a listener with just encouraging words. So connect with me there. I am going to pray over us and over all the places that God is assigning you and asking to activate your faith uh, this week. Lord, I thank you that you entrust us, that you invite us, that you are moving and working, and we are the people who get to join you in that, whether it is in Hollywood or whether it is in our living room, that the significance comes in the invitation to activate our gifts and be obedient to that and to trust the outcome to you, Lord. I thank you and praise you for these opportunities that you have brought my way. And I just I really, really, really hope that your truth reigns, that your faithfulness is what women see and hear when it comes to a challenging parenting situation right now, when it comes to a challenging marriage, career, financial that they would feel the confidence and the grounding that comes from your character, who you are in all of these circumstances, that you are the one who holds us and you are the one who is faithful. And I, I pray that today specifically for someone who needs to hear it. And Lord, I just thank you. I thank you. I feel like my heart has been turning towards what's going wrong more, and I want to communicate gratitude. Thank you. Thank you for the gifts that you have given me specifically for this platform, for this place to have conversations about you. And I pray that you are glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Y'all, 400 episodes. I mean, I think it's technically more than 400, but this is the 400th one. Um, so thank you for listening in. Always thank you for reviews. And when you share, tag me on social so I can see it. It just warms my heart because it means you have found something valuable and you want to make sure your friends know about it. And so that's huge. It's huge, huge, huge. Not to be underestimated. And... I will get to meet you back here next week. We have a fantastic interview with Andi Kobler. She um has written a lot of book on trauma and the body. And so it's very compassionate and kind. And I think you're going to love it. So meet me back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to DontMomAlone.com.